I'm Joe Devine, and welcome to Whiteboard Football Extra. In this series of short podcasts, we'll be talking to the writers of our videos, taking a more in-depth look at the topics they choose to discuss. We'll also be engaging with user comments, so if after watching a video you have follow-up questions, we have an opportunity to answer them. It's not often that a manager so young has the authority and demeanour to perfect the highest standard of cohesion within their team. Yet at 29 years old, that's precisely what Hoffenheim manager Julian Nagelsmann has done. I'm joined by the writer of our recent tactical video on Hoffenheim, Alex Stewart, to discuss this topic in more depth. Alex, you begin the video with a quote from Julian Nagelsmann who says that management is 30% tactics and 70% social competence. But given his broad and quite heavily influenced approach to team tactics, as the video shows, do you see this comment as an honest appraisal of his job or as a sort of tactic within itself? I think what Nagelsmann's saying is that you can set your team up in a particular way with a particular system, but it's actually more important to manage the players within that, to get them to buy in to what you're asking them to do. And I think to an extent, having players who are sufficiently tactically aware to make something work. Obviously, if you say that you've got, I don't know, a 30-70% split, 40-60, whatever it is, that doesn't necessarily mean that in absolute terms, tactics aren't important. I think it's pretty clear that that Nagelsmann is is a tactician. You know, he's somebody who spends a lot of time and effort thinking about not just what the the general kind of systematic DNA of his side should be, but also how that needs to respond to the different tactical challenges faced by the opponents that he's got. So he might push his wing backs further up. He might bulk out the central midfield. Um, this is a guy who is very tactically astute and responsive to what's in front of him. At the same time, what I think he's really driving at is that you can you can set your team up however you like. If you don't have players that buy into that, if you're not able to manage, I don't want to say egos necessarily, but if you don't if you if you're unable to to finesse those players and get them to behave in a certain way, then all of the tactics in the world are not going to make any difference. So do you think part of what he's saying is with the 70% social competence that tactics are obviously very important to him, but if you don't have the right setup or the right environment to implement them, then they're not going to be useful? Yeah, and if you don't have players who are intelligent, who are responsive to what's being said, I mean, you've got to bear in mind that this is a manager who's come into a Bundesliga dressing room at the age of 28. Uh, You know, he's coaching players that are older than him. He's coaching players that have had long professional careers where his own was ended by injury. Uh, his background is is partly football, yes, but also quite heavily academic. And in order to convince those players that he knows what he's doing, um, that he's a voice on the training ground that's worth listening to, he needed to bridge that gap. And I think when he talks about social competence, what he's saying is that he found a language where he could implement his ideas, get them across to players who maybe in the first instance looked at him and thought, who is this guy? We we mentioned that uh, he seems that he's been quite influenced tactically. Who are the managers or the figures that you see uh, influenced in, in his tactics? Well, the most obvious one and the one that he cites most regularly is Thomas Tuchel. I think as well he cited Pep Guardiola. I mean, Pep is a a figure that kind of bestrides modern tactics. Um, 
and it, it would be very difficult to find a young manager who wasn't in some way influenced by him. In those terms, I think what we're looking at there is uh, trying to win the ball back close to the opposition goal, uh, trying to affect turnovers when the opposition's defence are, are misaligned, uh, creating overloads uh, between the lines, which is something we can talk about a bit more um, later, if you like. Um, the exploitation of what we call half spaces. Um, so if you divide a pitch up uh, into five segments going horizontally, the half spaces are basically the bits that aren't the middle and aren't right out wide. So that that movement of players in between lines, whether they're vertical or horizontal, to create these little triangles where players can pass the ball around, that that's absolutely quintessential Pep Guardiola. Um, I think as well the the influence of Ralph Ranjek, um, who was himself a coach of Hoffenheim in the late 2000s, that, that sense of pressing, of trying to win the ball back high up the pitch, dovetails in with what Tuchel does. Um, those things, I think, have, have all been very important to Nagelsmann's overall philosophy. You mentioned in the video that Hoffenheim use a defensive technique that you refer to as the pendulum effect. Um, the example given is that when the opposition attack down Hoffenheim's right, the right-sided wing-back will move up to press the attacker, whilst the left-sided wing-back will tuck in uh, as the defence shift right to cover that gap, sort of creating a temporary back four. This is obviously very innovative, but I'm wondering why exactly it's necessary and, and what they're actually doing by filling that space and uh, creating, as you call it, the stability. What Hoffenheim like to do is press the player who is in possession of the ball. And in order to do that when they're out wide, because they're effectively playing what could either consider three at the back or five at the back, but with wing backs, um, they need to advance one of those wing backs because otherwise they don't have enough width without a natural winger to push that player. What that does is it creates a pocket of space behind that wing back. And if a player is able to make a diagonal run into that space behind, they've then got a pocket of space where they can cross the ball to an advancing striker or play it backwards to an attacking midfielder. So what Hoffenheim need to do is negate the space behind the advancing wing back. The easiest way to do that is to shuffle across, if we're talking about the right-hand side, to shuffle across the, the right-sided centre-back. But what that could do if you don't bring the left wing back into what then becomes a line of four is you create a, a horizontal space between the two centre-backs that have stayed more centrally and the centre-back that's drifted wide right. Basically, all this is about is the negation of creating space for the opposition to move into whether that's space behind an advancing wing-back that's moving into a press or a space behind the right-sided centre-back and the other two centre-backs that have stayed more central. Um, why is it necessary? Because if you want to create that press, you need to ensure that you're not leaving yourself open and also because you're then creating a stability in terms of your formation, which means that the opposition are still lining up against a solid defensive structure. Four at the back is quite straightforward. Um, players are, are used to playing in it. So if 
the player who does have the ball is able to escape the press, either by running through it or by playing uh, a, a horizontal pass, what they find is a side that are actually arrayed in a sensible defensive shape rather than a team that have left gaps. And with the offside rule as well, it seems to me that uh, the defence have to work as much more of a unit or as a sort of unit of one in a way that I suppose attackers uh, or people who are playing up front on their own or wingers with a little bit bit more licence to drift don't really have to do. Do you think that's fair sort of across the whole array of modern tactics? Yeah, I think if you look at any system that's predicated on defensive solidity, the first thing you see is that the back four or the back five are extremely well drilled as a unit. I think it's also worth noting how important goalkeepers are in this. Um, we talked about in the video the fact that Oliver Bauman is is a capable sweeper keeper, as it were, which is not unusual for German football. Also, he's a very strong communicator uh, and he's able to tell, you know, whether it's asking Kevin Falk to push out of the... Um, the central back three into that midfield position, or it's encouraging the players to swing across in the pendulum style. You need to have a goalkeeper that can really dominate, whether it's by coming to the edge of the box to sweep up balls, or it's just shouting and telling the defence, you know, move across to the right, move across to the left, push forward, pull back. I, I think the the offside rule has created an opportunity for uh, attackers, particularly quick attackers, to exploit the fact that as teams press more and by default therefore move their defensive line higher, they are quite vulnerable um, to a quick counter-attack. And so organisation is absolutely crucial to preventing that. Okay, Alex, I'm going to refer you to some of the comments on the video now as well and get a little bit of interaction going with the YouTube community. Toenailclaw125, lovely name, uh, has called Nagelsmann a little Mourinho and says that he thinks uh, we'll see Hoffenheim in the Champions League next season. Do you see any connection to Mourinho? Um, that attribution, I think, comes originally from Tim Wieser, who is a German international goalkeeper and a Borussia Dortmund player. Um, I think, no, I I think if you're saying mini Mourinho or little Mourinho, what, what Wieser's basically saying is he's young and he's a really good coach. Um or do you think there's any link in the man management or the social competence, as Julian Nagelsmann calls it? Yeah, I, I, I think I think where there might be a similarity is that Mourinho was exceptionally good, particularly I'm thinking of the Inter 2009-10 team, of getting players to perform roles that were perhaps alien to them, not just in terms of what they were used to, but actually I think in terms of what they maybe wanted to do. Um, the use of Samuel Eto'o um, out wide in that Inter team when they won the treble is a, a particularly good example there of of a player who was effectively an out-and-out striker. And Mourinho deployed him wide with quite a defensive duty to, to track back a lot. Um, and he was able to convince Eto'o that if he did what Mourinho told him to do, then Inter would win lots of matches. And lo and behold, they did. So I think I think there's probably an overlap in that regard where Nagelsmann is able to to say to players, you know, this is the role that I want you to play and you may not necessarily get why I'm asking you to do this at the moment, but but trust me and go with it. I think Nagelsmann probably differs from Mourinho in that he's 
maybe uh, more placid. Um, he's less confrontational and abrasive. And I think the style that he puts forward to the media is is a lot more engaging uh, and a lot more discursive, which I think is probably something that where you'd see maybe echoes more of someone like Jurgen Klopp compared to Mourinho's quite combative and defensive style. Um, but on the on the training pitch, I, I can see why there would be similarities there. Christian Bailey notes that we should perhaps talk about the potential weaknesses of tactics a little bit more. Um, so I wonder, Alex, is there a system or a particular tactic that Hoffenheim's setup might be less effective against? I think it's it's always a really interesting question. Um, I'd say the first answer to it is is probably you know there are going to be teams, particularly Bayern, who actually just have stronger players man for man, and that that counts for a lot. Um, although Hoffenheim did draw one or with Bayern recently, um, I think what what Nagelsmann would look at and be worried about is probably teams that sit quite deep, um, teams that press um, high are probably less able to deal with teams that sit very very deep and invite them on um, quite so much. Teams that play very horizontally as well um, and pass the ball a lot around the back would disrupt um, the the shape. What Hoffenheim would be worried about is having Demirbi and Amari uh, dragged out wide to close down fullbacks or have their wingbacks sucked too far up the pitch. So if a team uh, sat quite deep and, and played out through the fullbacks quite a lot, um, say someone like Atletico Madrid, actually, um, that, that would probably be an issue for them. They also probably wouldn't want to play too much against teams that have got very physical uh, centre forwards and play two of them. Um, again, that would disrupt the the passing ability of Hoffenheim's back three, and would probably cause Rudy to have to drop in slightly, um, and that would disrupt the system. I think what I'm basically saying is that if Hoffenheim play Atletico Madrid, that would be a really interesting match that Hoffenheim would probably lose. Vengeance Seeker says that this man needs to replace Arsene Wenger. Could that be a good fit? I think that's a really intriguing idea. I suppose that the main point there is that Nagelsmann is clearly somebody who is a student of the game, who's been able to integrate tactical ideas into the way that he wants to play and into a way that that suits his squad. And he's got quite an innovative, almost risky, I suppose, tactical setup. So if Arsenal are... I think Arsenal's biggest issue in replacing Wenger is going to be, do they stick with the sort of essential club DNA that's there or do they try and overhaul it? And I think if they want to overhaul it and bring in somebody who can stamp their authority on the club and and set it going in, in a different path, then it needs to be somebody like Nagelsmann who is able to come in, sweep away everything, bring in this um, very uh, exciting, innovative, attractive style of football, but at the same time very much have an eye to where is this club going. And it seems that he's that kind of thoughtful, almost cerebral type of coach that that could do that. Obviously, age is going to be an issue um, because Arsenal are a very big side and... 
there'll probably be a demand in the fan base for a start to have somebody who's established uh, to a greater degree than Nagelsmann is. But I think if you're looking at the long-term health of the club, then somebody like him could be a really, really astute appointment. Smart G says, I noticed the strength of what I call the forward square set up in FIFA uh, for how much you can do once you have possession of the ball. But I always thought it would be hard to implement in real life as you need versatile players. And I think that's something that comes across in the video as well, isn't it, Alex? That the system really does rely on specialised players to be successful. I think it relies on technically gifted players who can understand a set of instructions. Um, Whether that's what uh, this commenter means by uh, versatile or, or specialised. I'm not necessarily sure. But would it be hard to implement in real life? Yes, it, it would. But I think that's actually more a reflection of what happens behind the forward square. Um, I quite like that expression, actually. Because you need the players that are able to to fill in the spaces around that forward square. If you're saying to to two strikers and two central or even attacking midfielders, you have license to to split wide, you have license to to carry the ball um, either up centrally or through the flanks, then the risk there is that pockets of space can suddenly appear in the centre of the park if everybody's moving in the same direction. And so it's a lot more about how the players behind react to those runs uh, and both offer passing options so that the player in possession doesn't disappear up a blind alley, uh, but are also there to uh, provide a kind of a strong spine in case possession is turned over. So I think it's, yes, you need intelligent players, you need tactically astute players, but I think it's as much about what happens behind the forward square as it is what happens in the forward square itself. And finally, I got PMT says, I love the similarities between Hoffenheim and my team, Preston North End. We played that formation in our most recent promotion season. That's quite interesting, isn't it? Do you think that means that this system could be utilised then by teams lower down the rung, less associated with uh, modern tactics like this? I I don't see any reason why it couldn't. Um, And, you know, you've got, at the moment, an unfashionable team, um, my apologies to them, in, in Huddersfield, playing very, very modern football, you know, proper pressing and, and all the rest of it. So there's no reason why these uh, supposedly more complex tactics can't be utilised further down the rungs. I think, as always with any system, what you're looking at is, does it suit the players that we've got here already? Um, and if it doesn't, are those players intelligent enough to adapt to that? I think that's why more complex tactics tend to evolve at at teams that are uh, you know further up the ladder because those teams naturally are staffed with players who are either good enough already or can adapt and and you're looking for players that are intelligent and or tactically intelligent um and are able to listen to those instructions having said that i don't think there's any doubt at all that playing three at the back playing wing backs with a license to go forward and certainly having at least one more creative central midfielder who has the license to kind of push into space, um, that that would work very well. I mean, that's that's how Bristol City were playing a couple of years ago, and it, and it did well for them. Um, I think there's also a sense to which the, the, the verticality that Hoffenheim have got would suit 
teams that are, are further down. So, you know, they're playing a direct style of football um, and um, relying on the ball transitioning very, very quickly from front to back, being laid off by those strikers who can then split wide or move into the box and having a midfielder kind of scooping that up and driving forwards. Uh, as long as you have a sufficiently solid base and at least one centre-back who is able to pass um, with that degree of precision, then I, I think it's a, stru- a tactic that could work quite well, yeah. Alex Stewart, thank you. Thank you, Joe.